That's why it's off. Okay. Um, let's get our podcast intro going, and then we'll start off. You ready to go? Why not? Hey, yo, it's the two Jew crew, Robin Youssef. Run your mouth, express yourself. Voicing our concerns and relieving your stress. And yeah, we do this shit for free, but you can pay in respect. Steady dropping knowledge and the issues are fresh. Yeah, the show is live, but we do it to death, most death. You know that no one does it better than us. But don't listen with your kids, because we're likely to cuss. Weighing in on some dope topics. Lend an ear while we talk our shit. Because you know we bound to be so profound. Make you think a little when we push it down. Let us do the talking, just relax and unwind. Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time. Robin, you, Seth, yeah, we something sublime. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Run your mouth. That's it. We got a formal intro, buddy. This is a professional operation now. Professional as shit. I mean, we could use the listeners to back it up, but... We're officially we're past. Maybe you should have started there. What with the listeners first? <laughs> no, I gotta, I gotta. If you build it, they will come, or maybe not. Type of <laughs> type an, of take. That's an interesting mentality. Yeah, just just keep building it, and maybe someone will show up at some point. We're building. Yeah, what's going on, buddy? Well, you know, same old shit. I'm ready to party. I mean, I got a Red Bull in my system, some chili, and some Tums. So this is already a fun evening for me. Yeah, like, you know, you just mix those Tums in with the chili, and it's just like you're eating nothing. Yeah. How often uh, do you eat Tums? Like, is that a frequent thing for you? It's insanely rare. Really? I've never... This is a first time for me taking Tums. Um, I've never really... How does it compare to other uh, drugs narcotics? that you've, that I have you've to, partook well, in? Well, I don't feel any uh, acid reflux, so I think this one actually fixed something. Wow. <laughs> It's not particularly fun, but it definitely fixed a problem. So I would say it's the absolute polar opposite of normal drug usage. Uh, no, but I, I mean, you feel, I just felt old having to request Tums and take Tums. But with the way I treat my body, I can't really be surprised when things aren't working. You know what I mean? I can't be like, what that. the fuck is going on? I'm a perfectly healthy individual. <laughs> I like Everything f- should be clicking fine. Yeah, it's like when something fails, I'm like, that makes sense. I get where you're coming from here, body. I had five cups of coffee. I'm having a Red Bull now. I don't sleep. I, like, the systems are going to fail. There's a reason why I'm balding. It's, it's, it's a big surprise that this was your first time. Yes. It might, I feel like what might make it similar to drug usage, I feel like once you get started on those things, that just becomes a oh, new lifestyle. Oh, you're going to be crushing those up and just snorting, snorting them. them yeah. Just so you can eat a slice of pizza. Yeah. Well, no that might be uh, in your in your future. No way to live life. So where did you end up uh, watching the Super Bowl? Did you do a Right big? where we were. Did you right have, where we are right now. Right where we were. Makes no sense. Did you have anyone over or was just... Yeah, I had some... <laughs> this is like such the story of having Boredom? kids oh okay like th- i feel like this this isn't even gonna register for y- for you um Lay but i'll give me. it a shot all right um yeah just had some i guess some local friends from the area over that kind of came together day of um they came over also your friends with kids also um they came over about four thirty, and gone before the game had even started oh they just came over to eat yeah it was like we said like it was like we even like said like that it's kind of like pre super bowl dinner for the kids like and for the kids to play and shit if people aren't going to enjoy the game they're just going to make conversation you rather than get the fuck out of your house oh no it was perfect like you know i had a good time like making all the food before what'd you cook up the chili i just ate the chili it was perfect um it was a win wings it was a su- you Guac Super Bowl and uh, I could actually eat- su- uh, homemade sushi. I could eat. Oh, that doesn't sound good. Well, you don't like sushi. That's true. I could eat like <laughs> even if I said my- it. Uh, and um, th- the most famous sushi chef from <laughs> Japan, I had flown in to make sushi. He'd be like, "That's fucking disgusting. Yeah, that's gross. Who would eat that?" I think my ideal meal every day, anytime, would be Super Bowl food. Oh like yeah, wings, chili, just. It's just like that kind of quick, you know, go to get right gets right stuff. to the point. Yeah, yeah. No, it was perfect, and and it was as I was saying, like came over, we ate like it, there's nothing going on on TV anyways at that point. Right. And you know, <laughs> I think right after the national anthem, they were gone. They were gone. 
I fell asleep for the entire game. <laughs> Sounds about right. Babe. I had woke up. I mean, I so woke up. At, essentially, you could have been at my kid party. I could have. Yeah, no. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning that morning. Right. I drove up to a ski mountain, three-hour drive or so, skied the entire day, come 2 p.m., just start getting hammered on the mountain, right? Then okay. we eat dinner. I sit down. I'm lying down in my motel bed to watch the game on like a tiny old like school rca television did it have like the it didn't have the, the antennas it had okay. cable which by the way before we get into everything else that's so important on my list i love being at a motel because i'm a big fan of channel surfing and it's quick channel changing like when you're at home with your box oh, it's got to load yeah. up and all that shit i hate that this it's like blinking an eye just it loads up right away and so, also when like you could get from channel two to fifty Within seconds, seconds yeah. and and you could just, you just keep going it. in the circle. Oh, boring, yeah. boring. Next, next. Boring, boring. Watch three minutes. It's this so sucks. funny how that I is. Love that. How that is almost better than the evolved version of it. I prefer that version of television every day of the week, and and then you memorize like the four channels that you like, and you bounce through them, and then you have the last also. You're watching. You kind of like have and nothing. At have all. the like top two that enter the rotation. To bounce off, but also know which numbers to kind of scroll back and I'm forth. I'm a master yeah. of that. I, <laughs> That's and I, I so un- underrated. But, but I also understand that if I'm with other people, they mostly can't tolerate that oh, you version could, of television you watching. C- well, not even that. It's more like you could – that's really like a personal kind of yeah. viewing. Agreed 100%. So anyways, but so basically we got to the first round of television ads and I pass out. But now this is what's great. The TV was kind of cut off, so I kept waking up during the game to check the score, and I keep just seeing that the score is like 28-0, right? But now I even woke up in the third and the fourth, and I just saw a score was 28-0 because it was cut off. So when it was 28-20, I was looking at the score on my TV. It just said 28-0, and I was like— How was it zero? Because the TV— Or just 28 blank. No, the TV was cut off. So where the where the number on the Patriots before the zero was being cut off by the TV, it wasn't like fit to frame. So it was eight zero. No, or no, you no. just knew it was twenty eight. You had Patriots score to the left of, um, top left corner of the screen. You have okay. the two team score. So Patriots on the left to the right of that is um, oh, it was across horizontal, not vertical. Exactly. Okay. So I keep seeing the score is twenty eight zero and thinking, oh, this is a blowout. I'll go back to sleep. But now this is perfect, right? I wake up, and there's five minutes left in the game, and I figure that out. And I was like, oh, I better Google what the score actually is. And I see it's 28-20, so I was up for that last, the tying drive so and that's, the overtime. that's perfect. Which is everything that was good. I got the, And you got a little nap beforehand. Exactly. And I got the distinct honor of watching the Patriots win again, which, yuck. Yeah, I, well, I, I know how you feel. I, it doesn't really bother me as much as well, it does you. Well, I have you have the Giants thing where it's just you enjoy watching the Patriots lose. But it's more than that. I feel like fuck Tom Brady, because here, here's my feelings on Tom Brady. Yeah, if you see. look like Tom Brady, you should get the high school years in that body, and then the rest of your life should be working at a gas station. Like that's what would be fair. Like if you gave me one day in Tom Brady's body, firstly I'm gonna return it with STDs. Secondly, it's gonna be like a Dr. Seuss book of oh the places I'll put my dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear mean, that. That guy is so ridiculously good looking. And then on top of that, he's the greatest NFL quarterback of all time. And then to boot, he is not even the quote unquote breadwinner in, in the his family. That sh- blow- he's the best quarterback in NFL history. And she makes about double to for, from doing five <laughs> being looking pretty. So this was crazy to me. I saw at one point Giselle was like actually cheering for him. And I see her drop her phone. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, see that, that was great. What happened? She was just like so excited. She no, her phone. not even like it was like total normal person activity caught on film where she like kind of took it out of her pocket and just like fumbled out of her fingers and then onto the floor. Oh, and you would think she'd be so yeah, magical like, and graceful. Exactly. That would never yeah, like to her. it was such like a weird moment where it was like, hold on. She she's actually a normal person. So I was shocked by but go ahead about her you. cheering for her husband and that I would have thought people like that just don't like she'd just be at a spa for the day like she doesn't give a shit i feel like just she, cold. there's no way week seven 
she's that she, involved. Like, I who cares? Think like, she cares at all. She's like, oh, wake me for the playoffs. You know what? Wake me for the the AFC Championship game if you get there, and then I'll come out for that and the Super Bowl. This is what I felt like. She can't. Right. She, she can't get worked she's up. Not gonna get worked anything up over there. Yeah. Anything you know past a certain point. Like, like at please, this point, I'm making like, money around here. You go have fun with your stupid games. Yeah. I almost. Feel, do you ever see? Um, did you see Mad Max the new one? No. Okay. I didn't love it. People loved it. What I thought was dumb about it, sorry if I'm spoiling a movie that came out two years ago. Well, um, you're not spoiling it for me. and Yeah, we don't not have any <laughs> listeners, so we don't have to worry about that. The entire plot of the movie was basically, hey, we got to get to this location. And then they get to the location, and they're like, you know, we kind of we should go back. Let's go back. That's basically the whole movie. But at the end of the movie, and you've seen this in a lot of action movies, where like there's this guy, he comes out of nowhere, he saves the whole town, the village, and they go on this magical journey together. And then at the end of the movie... He just leaves without saying goodbye. Okay. That's like a very Clint Eastwood thing. I want to say, like at the end of mo- like you know what I'm talking about. I, that, that's a trope I've seen it in a thousand movies. It's you got, you got this cool action figure guy. He's not very talkative. He does his own thing. He keeps himself. He's kind of quiet in the corner. But when push comes to shove, he's a fucking killer, super action hero. And then at the end of the movie, he's got this bonding experience with these other people. And then he doesn't like just go. All right, I'm out of here. I'll see. He just drifts away. Okay. I feel like super hot chicks like Giselle are just that personality where like they're too cool to really even their own husband they, they they're not really interacting that's why I was I was shocked to see her that cheer she was for him. even there yeah I was shocked by that well I could see it you know for the Super Bowl can you imagine because like really yeah. that's you know like oh so you went nine and seven like who cares right it's like oh you made 15 million dollars this year who the fuck cares Is like actually true? Super Bowl champs that's something that's just you can't put a value on. Is it true that she makes more? I've never seen her in anything. I don't know she what makes she models such a fuckload. This is what's so crazy about that is that if I was her, I'd be the biggest prick on the planet because think about our entire life struggle is making money. We've done everything in our entire lives to try and have jobs that we hate so that we can make money. If someone just paid you for that you arrived on Earth and looked pretty, you're going to feel like you're better than people. Everything, oh, yeah. all of life struggle is not even part of your existence. You're like, why are you all pissed off all the time? Just everything that we have to go through in life. Can you imagine, like, I, I can't imagine, like, normal people ever have a conversation with her, but her making small talk, and someone's like, so what do you do? And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just really pretty. <laughs> well, I, th- I I feel like she would swing in a different way if she's actually making small talk with other human beings and not it never happens she never has to be bored a second in her life like why would she ever have to interact with someone in a small talk scenario yeah Hmm. i don't think people ever get that close to her well maybe other models right and then like it it just wouldn't even be it would just be like this the small talk would be about stuff that we couldn't even comprehend about modeling did, did he meet her when he was on top like when did they on top of another woman yeah could be when did no, they he left like his meet you, you wouldn't know that i don't know halfway through like his nfl playing and once he was already well he was a great in year one because he won a super bowl yeah in his but, year one right yeah he uh, he left some other chick for her Oh, was it like a more down to earth broad that he had kids with, like one of those? It was. Scummy it was all. Situations? It was, no, it wasn't like it was like an actress. Was it a black chick, and that's why Boston loves him so much? <laughs> no <laughs> he's, comment. He's but. been graced by the Boston gods. Um, so let's talk about the uh, opening ceremony. Opening. The opening the ceremony. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the opening ceremony of the game, like before they oh, started. Oh, the whole. So this is what was crazy to me. So. I, I, I just the, the executive meeting that must have existed before that where they're like, all right, we're going to have the players wear pink. We're going to honor all the black athletes here who went to black colleges. Then we're going to get three different kind of women to sing a duet together. On top of that, we're going to get a noteworthy gay guy to sing the national anthem. Was it a gay guy? It was yeah, a country music guy. Yeah, but he's a country music guy who came out of the closet. He's no. Kind of a big deal. He's yeah, gay? He's gay. Luke Bryan is gay. I, you know what's funny? I is was, that for... As just that a, fake news? As just a joke, I wanted to say that the guy was gay. Just as a joke. And then you looked to it make up? To my joke. And then I looked it up, and it turns out he's noteworthy for being a country star who came out of the closet. Okay. Okay, so l- let's recap this again. Gloves, hey, women, we're with you on your cancer, right? Wow, that covered a lot black of bases you Hey, we're honoring black dudes. Black dudes, you're important to us in the NFL. Women, 
of different mold. I don't know what those three women were. Let's call them lesbians. Three lesbians giving a duet. I don't know what they are. Doing a duet. Gay guy singing the national anthem. They're like, this is the most inclusive thing ever. And then some guy sat down there and he's like, yeah, but how can we have all that without pissing off the racists? They're like, we'll bring out a bush. And they're like, nah, people hate bushes too much. You can't do that. And they're like, no, but this bush is a cripple. <laughs> yeah, they, they can't hate. <laughs> they can't hate on a cripple. And, and then it wow, was just, I, I, they, that is a great. Was that mentioned at all, or is that like total original? That was me watching this, going, wow, they're really trying to push the PC. See, we include everyone card. You have to realize, I was, I, I saw that. Yeah. I saw all of that. I it didn't even register in my brain about any of them. You got to realize their business and their marketing. And part of what's cool now is, hey, we're all inclusive. Right. They literally sat down and figured out how do we touch everyone and let them know that we're in. And then Lady Gaga did the halftime show. So, and she just that's just including everyone oh, because she's, she's all of it. Everything <laughs> in one. That's funny. That's funny. Um, and then I love this when they brought out um, Bush. So Joe Buck goes, there's not a tougher man in the stadium tonight. And I was just like, really? They just wheeled him out there. <laughs> there are literally 106 <laughs> active football players on the field. Like, I don't think he's going at for the peak at, at, fight. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Joe Buck? Also, by the way, speaking on that, that they wheeled him from, like, the end zone to the 50-yard line. Right. Like, could they, they – <laughs> they could have done a lot better job. That was just – Right. You and know, you like kind of bring them out halfway before and then especially if you're considering all the production they do and the way they time out getting that entire stage out during the halftime. Yeah, that was the slowest operating procedure. Game. Yeah, I was surprised that they didn't have Bush Jr. push him out. But I think they're a maybe because that would have been hated and B he probably would have tripped. I feel like <laughs> I feel like W has gotten like a He's revival like people are starting to like. him. A yeah, bit, exactly. Yeah. In terms of. Because they're realizing for a conservative, he had a little grace. Wasn't that bad? To Trump yeah. Is yeah. Um, all right. Now I want to get into the halftime show. What did you think of the Gaga? Did you watch it? So I mean, I was you asleep, were asleep, but for the sake of the podcast, you I watched went on it on YouTube wow. and I watched the entire thing. I yeah, I watched a lot. Of, uh, uh, you know, I'm not like a fan of hers, but it was fine. So. She starts off, she's on the roof, and that was pretty cool. They got, like, fake stars up behind her. I don't know how they pulled that off. That was really cool. Then those she, were drones. Those were drones? Apparently. Oh, okay. Forming the flag, Those. that was what you Oh, that was about? cool. So, anyways, then she comes down on the strings, mm -hmm. and then she proceeds to perform from a wedgie position. <laughs> I could straight up tell that they hadn't lowered her enough, and she was uncomfortable. I thought that was hilarious. She was, like, crouching? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Then they lower her to the ground, and what I thought of her is she's great sitting at the piano, but when she's dancing around, there's something very dorky about it. It almost seems like a parody of a pop star to the point that I felt like it had been choreographed by Mike Myers. It seemed like Dr. Evil in some of like those dancing scenes. She's a, it, it doesn't flow. She does not have like that pop. It's very But she, I, I feel like she had to... Those moments that you're talking about, where it the wasn't like the little leg kicks and the little—I mean, I can't just describe. But she had it, to the swing yeah. in the arm with the with the snap. Over dramatic, kind of over dramatic, and then they're running around in the circle. It almost. But she had else, to like. It was like Molly Shannon and Superstar almost. <laughs> okay, it just I hear did that. not have. There was no. I don't. I agree with you that there wasn't that flow because I feel like she had to pack in about a dozen songs into a two-minute period, so there w there was no opportunity. Right. To kind of. No, I'm telling you, I just don't think she's, like, great at that whole dance. Like, can you imagine yeah. if Billy Joel came out to do a show? And like, no, just, just sit at the piano, do your thing. Like, uh -huh. I feel like that's what she should be. I, but then again, I couldn't do one of those things without just being winded. Like, that was pretty impressive, the yeah. extent by which she's singing while doing all these things. The other thing I thought was hilarious is throughout the performance, she keeps picking up instruments, and then she puts down the instrument, but the instrument's still playing. I didn't really understand the mechanics of that. Don't think about that. But it, you're not that, supposed to think about that. You're not supposed that. to notice that. It's like they hand her a piano. Now she's playing the piano. She puts down the piano, but the piano still going. They hand her a piano? No, at one point she's playing like the piano. But oh, it's the, like guitar the guitar piano? Yeah, but it's a piano. Uh-huh. Okay. The other thing that pissed me off about it is that she was wearing very revealing pants for not giving us a single shot of her ass the entire time. Okay. I just, 
you weren't upset about that? I'm like, come on, let's see, let's get one butt shot of this whole that didn't bother you. Evidently not. I guess not. All right. Here was my next thing. Did you see when she changed at one point? Yeah. Dude, I noticed that. Her little tummy was the hottest thing about her. She had like a little bit of tummy. I think like there's, she was, I think there's that discrepancy between us too. She was one like long I, weekend away from just like a beer belly. It's like <laughs> there's something attainable about her. I love that. It's like it's cute. It's like you, it, she's kind of put together. You can't call her fat, but there's that little belly fat at the bottom, like <laughs> belly baby fat. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I guess you're more turned on by Lady Gaga than I am. <laughs> Overall. I don't know. That's the only attractive feature about her was that little uh, that little belly. Um, now, let me ask you this. Do mm-hmm. you think we're ever going to see another rock band play the halftime show? Absolutely. So these are the bands I'm thinking are big enough to play it. Um, Jack White, Pearl Jam, Metallica. I couldn't think of anyone else. The, oh, the other one is, um, and I don't really like him, but the, the guy from Nirvana, the drummer. I, Foo uh, Fighters? Dave Grohl. Yeah, Foo Fighters. I think they've done it. Have no, they? No, I don't think so. Coldplay was that Coldplay, Coldplay has year? done it. I feel I like Foo Fighters Coldplay. have have been like a guest. Well, he's as part of, of another package. That when they do like those kind of you know big well, ordeal bands. Nah, I, I I don't know. ACDC, but what's his name's not that's over. with them anymore. Yes, yeah, so that's that, not going to be over. Can you think of another rock and roll band big enough? And you're talking specifically like a band, not a guy. No, you could be a guy. It could be like a Paul McCartney. That would count. But Paul McCartney did Springsteen? it. Springsteen? Has Springsteen done it? I I'm th- sure yes, he's Bruce, done it. Bruce did it when they were in that post-Janet uh, Jackson showing off her tit phase. So they went to the old timers okay. for safety. Yeah. In my opinion, if it was up to me, it would just be the Who every year. <laughs> that one was perfect. There's no reason. They could play that exact set. I can even see, like, you know, uh, Roger Daltrey's big thing is, like, twirling around the microphone. Uh-huh. So it's like in a couple of years, he's just, like, in a wheelchair pulling the microphone cord to get himself <laughs> around. You get to watch the game with your kid. Like, I remember when he still walked. <laughs> I can watch The Who till the day I die. That would be uh, perfect to me. Now, this is a quick question. Which catch is better in your opinion? I'm sure a million people talked about this all week. I don't listen to any sports radio. But are you going David Tyree, Giants catch, or, or this Patriots catch? I think Patriots. I'd say the Tyree. I think the Tyree catch is more kind of like I don't know. Each one had its had its um, strengths. You know, Tyree was just at a sheer kind of insanity of that kind of like going over the top and then also catching it against bring, the helmet catching it against the helmet and Edelman was like that was that was an interception right that it just kind of suspended in in air for ever for him to be able to just kind of scoop it up you know what when i made my call that i thought the patriots one was better because I was watching the Patriots game, and then they showed the two back-to-back, and I just felt like the Pats one was more dramatic. But now that I think about the game flow of that Giants drive and what that did in the game, I think the was Tyree was on, was on third or fourth down also. Right. And, okay. it was, and Eli also was about to be sacked. Right, right. The Brady one was just like, he, he made, like, Eli got out of a sack, threw it downfield, made a good throw, like good coverage also, and Tyree made this like insane, insane like great play from uh, his perspective. The Edelman thing was it was like a bad throw by Brady. I think it was on first or second down, and it also like it was more like it was changer. and would, also that wasn't the like end of the game for the Giants if they didn't make that catch essentially right. And also it wasn't like such a it wasn't like an athletic catch by Edelman. Right. It was more like right. he and just happened had... to be. Falling down and right. like right there, where it was I at the about right that time. In the Giants one also was that Eli had dodged a couple sacks and the whole thing was like a Michigas. Yeah. Okay. Um. Now commercials. I missed all of them. 
Okay. I emailed you. You said your favorite was that Skittle one. Yeah, I like the Skittle one. I thought I watched it. I thought it was funny. I thought it's it was more funny visual. until it got too weird. I thought the fact that he's throwing it and then the family's just up there eating it. I thought that gag was really no, funny. I like and then that. it was like once it got random, it kind of lost. I like I, I, I like the you know cop and robber thing. The the beaver thing was it just, was just that's like, when it got. A I don't even weird. know. I, I think that might be like I don't know. They just took it like. Right. So this was exactly when I passed out was the first Coca-Cola commercial, which I want to play a second of. What's going on in the video? Okay, so they're showing. So this is what's going on. They're showing all different Americans of different colors right, yeah. and backgrounds, and they're singing America the Beautiful in different languages to try and say, hey, America's about everyone who we can feed our disgusting product to. <laughs> if you will buy our product that is killing you, we are pro you being in this country. Like, corporate America has totally tried to Sold swallow out. up this PC thing. It's all marketing. The same with the NFL. They don't give a shit about gays or women. For some reason, they did some marketing research that they think if they show that they care about these individuals, it softens up their brand and they don't get take as much shit about For their the players real, that yeah. are beating up women. Coca-Cola doesn't give a shit about people. They're selling you a product that is sugar and water, rots your teeth, and kills you and causes diabetes. But then they troll out some commercial of, hey, we're all about inclusivity. Uh -huh. I'm hoping that corporate America just just kills the piece. It just dies. Like, it just becomes not cool where it's like... To be Trump, PC? No, Trump is almost in some ways a reaction to that. Just fucking talk the truth. I'm done with this bullshit. I'm done being... You know, so we're, we're seeing a little not bit of that. Not even the truth, just his mind. Right. I guess just yeah. don't try and sell me with uh, what's clearly... But I guess he is lying with... So I don't know. That's done with thing. that point. I don't know what the fuck I was getting at. Um, okay. Now, we're moving on from commercials and Super Bowl, unless you got anything else noteworthy you want to mention. I think we touched it. Cool. Do you have any leftover wings? <laughs> I do. What kind of wings did you make? Um, barbecue, none of those left, and uh, hot sauce. Ooh, I yeah. like hot sauce. Um, okay. Now could, and also, like, um, you know, the ones that I have left, I could just crush up some tums and sprinkle it over perfect oh my god eat like them up as the outside the kind of like outside. The, yeah the like uh dude a tums wing i could disgusting. i might be able to get into that no they're just not flavoring tums in the right way if they were like flavoring tums like barbecue seasoning you could sprinkle it could be like a frank's like i put that shit on everything kind of to tempt to kind of balance and counteract what you're actually eating yeah the Mickey D's Tums sandwich. <laughs> okay, moving on. Betsy DeVos. She's the. Uh, did I pronounce that right? I think so. Cool. I'm working on my reading skills. <laughs> <laughs> and it shows. Yeah. So she's the uh, Secretary of Education, and the Democrats were so pissed off about this lady, which I don't understand. I mean, they've already fucked up education so badly. I don't know why they can even pretend like they really care. It's more like. Is this is what she really going to wield in the power department over this? I just don't know why that's like the biggest fight that they're picking. Why I think are they're they? F they're literally fighting everything. Just maybe nitpicky. Oh yeah. Oh, interesting. But so here was kind of the narrative: is this evil billionaire who wants to educate our kids, and it's like what what nefarious plans are involved here? So her background, this is what they were pushing: is like almost like she bought her job. Her background is a prolific Republican fundraiser. Uh. Who has donated about two hundred million over the years to Republican causes and candidates? And what's funny about that to me is that you're a billionaire donor and your reward is a job. Like that sounds more like a punishment. <laughs> That's what you got out of this. I like like that. you were working so hard so that you could get a job you don't need. Who the fuck does that? But and also a job where people are going to be pissed the fuck off at you. Right. Also, like, I understand kind of being, like, super rich and being mayor. Like, that kind of – I, I yeah. see why that could be fun. This is – this is – A thankless, yeah, awful job. So part of what they were claiming is I guess she's, like, super Christian, and maybe she's going to try and move, like, Christian things into schools. I couldn't really validate that because I didn't do any research. Um, but then I read a really interesting article in – you ever read uh, Week magazine? Nope. Not weak as in like weak, You've like we stink, W-E-A-K. Weak as in like W-E-E-K. Just want to clarify. Yeah. 
think you've told me about it before. Week is cool. I actually, I, I don't get a. I should get a prescription back. Subscription. subscription. Yeah, subscription. <laughs> but apparently, with the fight somewhat over, she's a big fan of the voucher system, which I think is great because mm-hmm. you're kind of introducing free markets to public school. What the voucher system is, as opposed to saying, "Hey, you got to go to this school." They give you the $12,000 you can spend it at any school. Mm-hmm. So you actually force schools to have good performance. And kind of up their game. And up their game because otherwise you're going to go spend your money at a better managed public school. Sounds like a great system. I think part of what's going on is that I guess if she's able to move in that way, Democrats on face value really like the idea of government can do things best. And they like having that control. So possibly where this fight is at is – not allowing the public to see like oh if we create more free market structures it's really effective so there is kind of a philosophical fight in there yeah where there's like i'm putting that i'm gonna be honest pulls the trust i'm putting that in like very harsh terms i don't know that they're really sitting around going we don't want this to be improved because then people will see that there's a better system but there it might be sometimes when people's core values are really being shooken up, like they don't admit that that's what they're looking to do. You're saying that it's not diabolical, it's just that they're I don't know. I just I, I based on what I was reading in that article, it was the only reason I could think that they were really on a philosophical basis, they like the idea of government, we're gonna be the best ones at doing it. They don't like these kind of free market solutions. It's just not what they're looking to support. Okay. Next, just really quickly, read this article. Um, We were kind of talking about how the U.S. is in a unique position that if we just allow the best talent to move here, like we can stay ahead of China for the next thousand years because if you're in China and you're super smart and you can, I don't know, create the next atom bomb, cure cancer, chances are you'd rather just do that here and get paid well and live a good life than Mm -hmm. live over there. That's true of really talented people, I want to say, in most countries in the world. They don't like have the – Oh, I'm Russian. I'm going to support people. Like yeah. people don't really have that. They want to live a good life. If they can move here, they don't have that pride until. I don't think so. I think if like if we tell them, "Hey, go fuck yourselves. You can't come here," then they might be. I'll show those damn Americans. But if not, they want to move here. So, of the sixty-nine thousand people who are working in biomedical research, um, which sounds like you got to be pretty smart to be a my biomedical. Re- I don't even know what biomedical is. That's how above my pay grade is. So apparently a 2014 study found that more than half of those people uh, were born in other countries. Okay. So there definitely is a framework of us poaching talent and that we should be creating a structure where we make it as easy as possible if you're a smart person to come here and work here. Are you saying 69,000 in America? or 69,000 biomedical researches in the United States. Oh, in the United States. And more than half of those people – came from other countries all right that's a decent split like not really if you consider the fact that you're saying just overseas you're you're saying oh you're lumping them all into one group though that it's 50 50 no i'm saying just within this one group of very advanced science yeah more than half the people we have working in that field came from other countries showing the value of making it easy for smart people in other countries to come here yeah Okay, I, I, I just wanted to um, – sometimes when I'm rambling, it sounds like I'm talking complete bullshit, so I read this random story that kind of backed up something we were saying. Wanted to shed some light on it. Next. And bring it to, bring it to back up what we're, we're exactly. saying. Exactly. I feel that. We're like saying uh, legitimate the listeners shit. of the Run Your Mouth podcast should know every once in a while when I'm rambling, there's some accuracy yeah. behind it. <laughs> we get it right. That's what um, we do here. Yeah. Okay, next is in Syria, they found out um, there's a little bit of genocide going on. I don't remember the exact figure, but there's some prison with, I guess, civilians in it, and they've just been bringing them out and hanging them. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if we could have, like, a world rule, if you're a leader engaging in, engaging in genocide, we are going to murder you. Like, I, I, so here's the flip side argument is every time we go to war in these countries, what ends up happening is – we uproot a ruler, standards of living end up going down. We don't really have an alternative plan. Whoever comes in next is shitty too. So you're not really helping the citizens who are living there by uprooting the ruler. That's argument one. The more evil argument, and this is kind of what Putin's doing in Syria, is a lot of times it's like the devil you know. So sometimes like the guy who's in power is at least an ally to you. Mm-hmm. So these people might be living shitty lives. The next guy who comes in, 
their lives are still going to be shit, and he might not be an ally to U.S. interests. The flip side's going on in Syria. Putin's backing Assad because he's representing Russian interests. He's allowing them court access. That's what, like, from what I understand, the whole thing's about. <coughs> so in his end, it's like, listen, the next guy's probably going to be shitty. So at least this guy— And might cut off be- my access. Exactly. But now I'm wondering if you can kind of change the framework. There's all decisions life. It's based on risk and reward, right? So if you're a leader in a country and you just know this is the red line, if I engage in genocide of my citizens, I'm going to get killed. Like imagine if the UN, everyone contributed to the no genocide fund and it was an army and just every time genocide got reported, the world's not going to tolerate that. That's the red flag. We will not tolerate genocide. Anything other than that, you, you're treating your like we're not getting, we're not looking to run the world. We're not like looking, at, but that is the red flag. Genocide, you're out. What do you think? On the surface, it's it's uh, a it's decent crazy. plan. I just think if there's something. Listen, I, you know, like it's hard for us to run around policing the world. Like we, we, I mean, we said this twenty times. The way you fix the world: open borders, turn countries into companies. But absent of that. We have enough resources collectively that we could all kind of come to we could all kind of come to agreement of maybe there's some things that we just don't want to see in the world. For example, we could all agree tomorrow we don't want to see starving people in the world and figure out a way to solve that problem. If we all decided, hey, this is important to like, us, this is the top issue. Yeah, if we all, I think if collectively we mm-hmm. all decided, um, stand up actually had a joke about this. Um, that like the way to he had a joke where he was saying the way to solve the world's problem is you got to start doing it like one at a time. It's like if we all decided, hey, let's solve world hunger, we crawl, we'd solve it, and then we can move on to the next thing. Um, but what I'm more saying is, uh, it's like you can just have a line in the sands. If we had very clear, if we all came to like the conclusion, hey, this is not going to be accepted, I think every world leader would start going like, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Like we didn't really, but- yeah. You know, they're yeah. Th- I feel like all of them who might be doing that even now, like they know it's bad. It's, no, but they, they know can, it's not. Ro- yeah, I know they. Know there are no repercussions. You're saying. Yeah, there are no repercussions. Okay. So if we created a repercussion for that, we made a clear line in the sand. Listen, if you engage in gender, you get everyone in on it. China, Iran, everyone's in on this one agreement. Any country who engages in any ruler who engages in genocide, we are showing up to that country. We're not going to even have a plan for who takes over next. Maybe end up with the civil war. Just you're going to, it's kind of like the way the America's got though. We don't negotiate it with terrorists. So you might end up with some shitty situations, but it's a line in the sand because we know it's a bad road to go on. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said. I think the first guy who does it will just learn like, Oh, you can't do genocide. And then maybe you just, you eradicate genocide moving forward. Every ruler just knows, oh, that's the one thing I can't do, so I'm not going to do it. Or maybe th- amongst all the shit they're doing, it's like, why do you have to keep people here living a shitty life? You mm-hmm. can just terminate them? I don't know. That's kind of a horrible thought. That it's almost better? Yeah. I don't, uh. I don't know. That. Okay. Just floating the thought. Moving on. Next topic. Canadians. What about them? Okay. So you were 100% right on this. You said this last week about how boring Canada is, that the reason they're letting people in, it's the only way they can recruit people to come to their country. And there are instances of people who are allowed legally into Canada who are trying to trek through snow to get to America, which is proof, I I guess, they really don't want to be in Canada. (laughs) Like, the fact that they're going to go through all this to come here, it's like— they're leaving Canada? They're leaving Canada to try and get into the U.S. Uh Uh-huh. And they're trying to sneak over the borders. So they're doing it like in these really remote, wintry, freezing, snowing areas. Like they the border the with fuck, like North Dakota. They want to get the fuck out of Canada. Uh huh. Which makes me think it's like, firstly, maybe these people are terrorists. Like, you're safe. You're safe in Canada. Why? Why do you got to come here? Like, like there's nothing to drum up. Wasn't your goal to be safe? I'm mostly joking on that, but it's like, why you got to come here? I thought you, I thought you guys wanted to be safe. Like, what, what's going on here? Um, but. Here was a story I read. So you had these two gay guys. They were from – I don't even know what country. I should have wrote – it was like Ghana. Ghana. What the fuck is Ghana in Africa? Mm-hmm. So you got these two African gay dudes, right? And they're trying to 
now I'm confused on this. I think they're trying to sneak into Canada, so they're walking. So where that- are they walking into Canada from, though? I, I was confused on that. Where did they end up? That I have no clue from? now. You confused the fuck out of me. No, I, I mean, in this one, they're somehow going from Ghana to Canada. Well, you can't. But where the fuck are they walking from? Ghana's in that, like, you're as confused as I am. Well, I, th- I thought you were saying that you just told me now that they were no, there going was from Canada into the U.S. From what I understand, there were instances of that. This specific story was people who were trying to walk into Canada. But okay. I don't know where they were walking from. Well, it would have to be from the United States. Well, where, it, can, is like Greenland attached to Canada? Way up there, but it's separated by water. Right, so how would you end up in Greenland to be walking to Canada? Is is can you even walk from Greenland to Canada? If you're hopping islands, I don't know. How the fuck do you walk Alaska? Why are we? Uh, w- why are you assuming Greenland? No, I'm just asking. As a America, America is the only way. I think I there's. I have a computer in front of me. I could just Google a fucking map. But anyways. Yeah, the only. So you got these two gay guys. They're trying to sneak into Canada, right? So I'm gonna read a piece. It's from a Guardian article. Uh, the title of this article. If you want to do more research than we did and actually know what the article is about. Uh, the Guardian, U.S. Refugees, Canada Border, Trump Travel Ban. I don't know how that's a title. I guess that's just... Well, they're afraid of being deported from the U.S. They're already in the U.S. Oh, and so they're trying to get to Canada without being deported? Exactly. Oh, maybe that's what it is? Okay. That's what it is. Uh, I'll take your word for it. My reading comprehension was never great. (laughs) Never did well on that that part of the uh, um, SATs. Okay. Woefully underdressed for a winter that ranks among the coldest in recent years, the pair walked for hours, trudging through darkened fields and fighting past brush to make it into Canada. We didn't feel any sign, but we could feel in Canada. We were in Canada because of cold. Very, very intense. And so at first I was like, wow, they could turn this into the remote romantic tale of two gay guys trekking through the snow for their freedom. This could be like a Disney story for the ages, you know, uh-huh. gay Muslims. This could be like a Brokeback Mountain. I never saw you see that. You see Brokeback seen Mountain? seen parts of all the good movies I've mentioned that you haven't seen parts of Brokeback. Yeah, unbelievable. We, we got to fix you. We got to fix you here. But anyways, no, there's no fixing me. So I'm like, this could be an epic Hollywood tale, right? But then it turns pretty sad quickly when I read both men ended up in a hospital. Muhammad had to have all his fingers amputated. While Ayal lost all of his fingers except for his thumbs due to frostbite. Ew. That sounds like if they were trying to escape the torments of being gay in Ghana, right? That's that's probably what they would have done to them in Ghana anyway. <laughs> they fucked up. They could have just stayed yeah, in Ghana. Stayed in Ghana, lose your fingers for happily being gay there and you know, not have to Lose it in a sad way, <laughs> crossing through treacherous snow. Right. My thought. Also, was, the weather's probably much better in Ghana. Right. <laughs> so you might as well chill in the nice weather if yeah. you're going to be losing limbs, anyways. Maybe they would have only cut off like, f- right. You know, three or four fingers. And they could as have had to enjoy some sun. I thought if you're gay, aren't those the exact items you could be warming up in your partner's ass? <laughs> wow. That was my thing. It's like, this seems like it's the one time that it's practical for that kind of behavior. Like, if me and you were hanging out and we're freezing, I'd rather die than put my fingers up your ass. Okay. But for these guys, they're lovers. They could have kept their limbs. Like, one by one. Like, just alternate the fingers. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Oh, God. They could have salvaged there. Oh, boy. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty horrible yeah listen guys i hope you uh live great lives in canada and you don't face any more religious persecution but anyways moving on uh so they were going in your story you thought they were going from there to here i thought the opposite next joke's irrelevant moving on so trump's l- law actually got repealed so he tried to do his travel man trade up that's live breaking news by the way right this could be the first time that these people get that. That's crazy. Uh, Probably not. But can you imagine how pissed Trump is that he's like, wait a second, people can still tell me I can't do things? Oh, he's so pissed off over that. He, he, it's like he, <laughs> his ego is so fucking big that like he would think, oh, guys, but I, I signed that. Like I did that. I'm president. I'm the guy. It's over. 
It's I over. I get to like, make these yeah. decisions. What the fuck are you talking about? I don't think anyone told him about the whole, right? You know, process after that. Right, and I don't think he ever thought he'd have to answer to anyone. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting, <laughs> but now I gotta tell you, his hair is. I don't think he's gonna make it through. I think there was a serious beauty regimen that went into him. You need a second? Yeah, do your thing. I mean, it's your house. <laughs> you paused it? I'll just, I'll edit this. Uh, <laughs> you want to grab a mic? Our listeners can find out what uh, what's going on here. Some riveting radio. Oh, yeah. I want to know what's on this list of shit you have to do. I could Text it to you. Let me just uh, let's talk about Trump's hair, and then I want to read the, and then I want to hear the list. So I think he had to go through like a real regimen to kind of look presentable, and um, like some real care went into that. And when you're a TV personality, you can spend three hours of makeup before you go in front of people. Oh, not now. I think his job might not allow him enough time for whatever his beauty regimen is, and at some point he might just give up, or I, I don't know what's gonna happen. But I think here's. What looks most terrible about him is his under eyes look like fucking slugs. Well, he doesn't sleep, the guy. Is that what it, I'm calling it right now? In a couple years from now, there's going to be a new STD called Trump eyes, which is going to be like when you're, I, I don't know, when you get like, uh, not hemorrhoids, but uh, hemorrhoids sound like an STD, but they're not. Um, what am I thinking? Uh, what, what like cold sores, but when it's on your dick or herpes? pussy, herpes. It's going to be like when your herpes pop, they'll just be like Trump eyes. They look disgusting. I don't know what the fuck. You think it's just because he doesn't sleep? It's got to be. Like, I feel like he didn't sleep much before this, and now he's got, like, real shit to do also. Right. And it's, the like, guys, higher he, stress work. Yeah, he's not, like, I never thought I'd normal. say this about a dude, but he needs some salon days <laughs> just to keep his shit together. Well, it, yeah, I, the hair point is very valid. I, it's becoming progressively more of a mess. I'm noticing every time I see him. Yeah, the th- it, it, the whole thing is for sure a big fucking production. And it's, as you said, like, there's just not enough hours in the day for him to, you know, get to all. Is he straight up bald underneath that? What is it? What, what is it? Is it, is no it some wild clue. comb over? Is it? Uh, I always thought that it was like a piece, but. It's got to be some, like, <laughs> fuck you, cat. Um, some kind of, like, I don't know. I feel like he's just maybe growing it out one area and just right. styling it in a ball. Or All right. Next topic. Um, hear what's on the list? Yeah, let's hear it. Let, uh, uh, before bed, Yosef gets a list of what he has to take care of. This is this isn't uh, a normal. This isn't like a nightly occurrence. No, this is pretty tame. Oh, okay. Clean up dishes, fill up ice trays, make sure th- sure all the doors are locked. Nah, that's not a that's big deal. Standard. You really shouldn't need like a list for that. The ice trays is a little un like. I but I get where that's coming from. Isn't that automatic to you that if you're like you're using ice, you just put like. Oh well, I, I what I did was I bagged up like three trays. I right. just left them out. Oh, you mean like, so, okay? I'm whatever. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have, but I'm all, not wired that way. All good in the hood. Um. Okay. Out in Australia. Shit. Let's take a look. Yeah, this was out in Australia. Um. If you send your kid with cake, so what they were doing is basically giving the kid some hard time for eating the cake. And then sending a note to the parents with like, uh, "Hey, that's not like on our approved food list." You like what? Eaten. What age? Um, I think this was like kindergarten. Okay. And they're sending. It's like a picture with like a big no face, basically shaming parents for sending in, um, you know, their kid with cake. Your child has, and then it's a big frowny face, and it says, "Your child, the food." It's from the red food category. Please choose healthier options for your kid. Well, I always feel like I'm being judged um, by the lunch I pack for my kid. Why? Is it unhealthy? No. Like, I always, that's always involved in my head. Oh, that the other parents might see what you're feeding your kids. Not the other parents, just the, like, school and teachers. Right. So you want to make it seem like like you guys are more health oriented? You're sending her with, like, pieces of broccoli. 
a no, bag like of she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, just like I always feel like, as I said, just like I'm. I wouldn't send a piece of cake, right? Because it'd be like, oh, because other people are like, it's like, okay hey, to feed like I feed cake. my kid cake. Like, see, I from what I remember of school, it was only the skinny kids who were eating shitty food. There's something about like, like if you're a fat kid, your parents didn't really send that to you. It was always like skinny kids had the best snacks because uh-huh. they could, their bodies could just kind of handle it. Um, but worst case scenario, in my opinion, is kids from a young age just get used to being called fat. It's like they just it, like from kindergarten. So it's like by the time you're done, you're just used to it. Like you're, uh, you're not yeah. going to feel shamed anymore. It's like it's like Teflon. Yeah, I'll get out of the way. Whatever. Um, the other thing I was thinking is like I never liked being told what to do. So if that was part of school culture, I would just uh, it would have been drugs. I would have been eating cake under the stairwell. <laughs> you end up with like a drug dealer for cake. Like, but that's just the way the world goes. You're wired and. Okay, they brought out some data of Catholic priest abuse, sexual abuse, um, and what was wild about it was they found that of uh, all the priests, 7% of them had claims against them for, I guess, sexually abusing kids. That's it? You would have thought higher, which is shocking to me. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the Catholics, that's a win, you know, like, I feel like the general public would be like, you know, over the years, it's it's been pretty bad, and it's probably like but 10, 10, 15 percent. You would think t- from what you've heard of, like, the priest-kid thing, in your head, you figured it was as high as maybe 15 percent of priests. Yeah, like one in 10 or one in nine. That's really? not so outlandish. I feel like 7 percent is less than one in 10, and that's... One in ten priests have that, that would mean like in your daily your daily commute you probably cross paths with ten churches. That would mean in one of those churches, s- someone's some kid is taking it diddled. from a priest. It seems, but like, that that data was like oh, uh, it was like retro. it's not like this the current data. yeah. Then that's when like it was like half of all churches. That's why you became a priest. It was yeah, like, like people knew you were a kid. And before it really got bad, right? With, with like before there was a crackdown. Back yeah. when you could really live your life as a priest, <laughs> numbers were way all... inflated. Yeah. So that's what's distorting the data. Why wow, you thought it was pretty? I thought seven percent was really high. Insanely high. I actually thought seven. Oh, you thought that's the cur- that was the current? No, rate. no, no. I understood that that was over the years. Uh-huh. Um, that I know. I think that data went back like 30, 40 years. But no, 7%, to the fifties. 70% sounds really high to me, so high that what's funny to me about that is that when you sit down, you're thinking, how can we improve this number? <laughs> it's like it's not even like a question of like, okay, next year, not going to happen. No kids are going to come to church and get touched. It's like, how can we get this from 7 to 3%? Is there a way that just 3% of our priests will touch kids? Is there a way – like what kind of programs can we do that we can improve the situation? That was insane to me. Now I was wondering, do you think in Australia it's higher numbers because the kids are better looking, like <laughs> because they're not eating cake? Yeah, it's because of all the cake ban. They're keeping their kids skinny, which is just proof, I guess, fatten up your kids. If you're gonna send them to church, make sure they're a little chunky. But if I was a priest and I was into boys, I would think I'd want the man ones with the tits. I don't know. I can't really get inside the mind of of someone wanting what a, a dude who's into kids might like. Okay, next, um. Uh, Netanyahu, so a couple weeks ago, he um, tweeted to Trump, President Trump is right. I built a wall alongside Israel's southern border. It stopped all legal immigration. Great success. Great idea. And I like. That sounds like a Trump tweet. Yeah, kind of. Um, but I like how he. Firstly, it's like, dude, why are you piping in walls are great? Like, this is kind of sensitive issue. And I love how he's describing the wall like it's almost like a piece of furniture. Like, you have to have one of these. <laughs> it, it, it's really made my living room so much better. Not worried about getting blown up anymore. You got to get your hands on one of these. So then the guy, he fucking upped this a bunch, right? So he goes, um, okay, uh, I'm going to read the headline. It's from The Independent. So Israeli company Magal Security Gaza Build Wall. Um, essentially, he was pitching – the Trump on hiring an Israeli company that had oh. built part of the Israeli wall. 
to build the wall on the southern border. Southern. What did I say? Southern. Yeah, fair point. Um, and uh, I just so he so like that tweet was kind of like a um. No, so first it was that one. kind of tweet. Right. First he was trying, he was trying to trying sponsor, to... hey, walls are great. And then like, oh, by the way, if you need a wall, <laughs> yeah, I'm we saying can get like, you one of those. That we're, was like we're a... really good at building walls. We got a track record. And the first thing I was thinking and is- And I got a guy for you. His <laughs> name is Duty. Such a Jew. <laughs> and That's my so friend, great. Uh, Dudek, he uh, built wall, no problem. No problem. He put that up there. Best, best wall you ever seen. Best wall. But- now, here's what's great. I feel like if the Israelis built the wall, Trump would look at it and be like, this is way more violent than anything we needed. <laughs> this is a little too much wall that you guys are putting up for us over here. Um, and then, yeah, the, like, I feel like he's gotten bad intel of that, like, all of America likes Trump or something. You know, what I, it's like he's throwing for trying to get public support. He's just throwing his cards behind the wrong horse here. You don't want. Can you imagine if the Jews built the wall between the U.S. and Mexico? If that was an Israel oh, thing, God. like, dude, that is the it's worst PR new, on the yeah. planet. The Americans are not going to go. Wow, the Israeli technology kept us safe. They're going to be <laughs> like, wow, these guys really are pricks. <laughs> yeah, they really don't like people in third world countries. Unbelievable. Next, um, I, I, th- saw I think uh, BB should you know just stay send out some, of it. Send some wall guys like to open up. Um, wall kiosks at the mall. <laughs> Build your own wall. <laughs> yeah, like the Israeli wall. Little, store. E- yeah, like even even it's like, oh, you need a wall. You need a wall we in your backyard you. to wall, keep out the Mexicans. We're the wall people. Yeah, brought to you by the wall country. <laughs> you know, like they have like those ads like Amish craftsmanship. It's like brought to you by the wall country, the world experts in, in building, building walls. walls to Are keep you out. Sick of sitting in your living room and having your walls fall down. Well, then you need new Israeli technology. If it can keep out terrorists who blow themselves up, it can keep your kids from hearing you have sex. (laughs) I think it's even like, you know, like targeting people that, you know, don't want loiterers or people kind of sneaking onto (laughs) their property. Anytime you need a security fence, the Israeli wall company. Um, So they just kind of Israel legalized some settlements. And your joke, I, I didn't realize till, um was kind of funny. It's like no one's in those lands. But then I was thinking usually what you find in papers is they use the worst possible terms. They're usually kind of not favorable for Israel. Best example would be New York Times frequently will call terrorists militants. So what I was thinking is settled, a pretty good term. It's like the land mm-hmm. was violent and we settled it or it was disputed and then it's we very, settled the dispute like <laughs> it's a very yeah kind of we're, we're really neutral term yeah okay so now here's our last topic want to talk about healthcare real quick so <laughs> real quick just let's talk about this massive issue this yeah fair point giant um, thing did you watch any of the bernie sanders debate not a second we're gonna get healthcare for the people they need it it um, probably was at night yeah, so it wasn't <laughs> on when you were at work. I called it. You're right. So I think Obama is going to, with the repeal and replace, from what I understand, it seems like a lot of Obamacare was going to collapse in on its own weight. They didn't really fund the program. A lot of what they thought was going to create cost efficiencies in the market did not come to fruition. It basically seems to me like it wasn't going to work. But now instead of letting it not work and going, hey, that guy died. lied to you and he fucked up and we can't provide health care, they're saying, hey, we can replace it and get you guys something better. And that's not true. And so Obama's going to be able to go, oh, I had like a great working thing and you guys fucked it up. And the Republicans are just going to be at fault for whatever mess it becomes. They're not winning here. Maybe that was Obama's plan the whole time. Plan the whole time. That well, he, he won in that – you can no longer debate whether or not health care is a right. He's created it. It is now the norm that government has to make arrangements for your health care. So, and Republicans can't strip that away from people because it's too politically unfavorable. So in that regard, he won and that he made it the norm that government's got to provide health care. But anyways, so I was watching this debate. Debate starts out. You got Bernie Sanders and Bernie Sanders. First big claim is, Hey, health care is a right. And then, um, he's debating Cruz, and Cruz's big claim is, uh, I want you to have individual choice. Um, 
And then basically the big argument is by the Republicans is, hey, if government's out of the market, they lied to you. They said you can keep your doctor. They said you can keep your plans and blah, 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 blah. The point being, if you can afford insurance, who's government to get in the way of you and your doctor, right? Bernie Sanders on the other side is going essentially, A, healthcare is a right. Government's got to provide it to you. And we have to make arrangements for people with pre-existing conditions. Okay. You understand everything I said so far? Yeah. Okay, cool. So there's two problems. First is I want to take a step back. Let's first talk about oh health man, care. I, I understood that. <laughs> Sorry. Let's first talk about what annoyed me about the debate is Bernie Sanders. He gets up and he says healthcare is a right. So I think the first conversation to have if you're really going to have a debate is let's have a philosophical discussion about why is healthcare a right. And then the next question to answer would be, well, is government really the best at providing that for people? So that, But, of course, Cruz can't get up there and say, hey, government shouldn't – you know, healthcare it, – it's just it, – he can't really have that conversation, so he doesn't. So we don't have a philosophical discussion about it. Then the next thing that's a real problem is Bernie Sanders is talking about, hey – if you have pre-existing condition, healthcare companies still need to treat you. And now Cruz, he can't say no to that. The reason why he can't say no to that is because it sounds terrible. Hey, this person has cancer, and you're not going to allow them to uh, have insurance. You're going to let this person just die. He can't say that. So by the way, he pulls some real sales shit where every time they ask him that, he goes, well, if you currently have coverage, we're going to make sure you can keep your coverage, which is a different thing. That, that's not what Bernie Sanders is describing. Bernie Sanders is describing if you don't have coverage, will we make sure that you can get it? So they're not having a discussion, which is when I finally turned it off. They're just trying to talk their party lines. So really what, what's going on is they're having two different conversations. Cruz is having a conversation of if you have money, the best way that – the best health care is going to be whatever you can buy without the government interfering with the market and having a free choice. What Bernie Sanders is – discussing is well what about the have nots who don't even have it who don't even have health care so are we just not going to provide them health care so they're never having a conversation with each other so what cruz's argument basically is it's basically a conversation of what's more fair that people who afford health care should be able to get the best health care that they can or that we kind of dilute what exists in the market so that everyone can have kind of a lower form of health care at the expense of people who have money and could have otherwise afforded it that's what the conversation would or should be, but they never have that conversation, which is why I finally turned it off because I'm like, this it's is a just debate. That's not a debate. Exactly. They're, like, why don't we talk about the philosophical issues here? The other thing was, and this was uh, a Bernie Sanders really smooth uh, jujitsu move, is, and then uh, okay, Bernie Sanders smooth jujitsu move was, Cruz says, hey, listen, you know what happened when he introduced all this money to the healthcare marketplace? You increased insurance profits. People didn't get better care. You ended up with worse care, higher premiums, and the insurance companies making more money. And the claim he's trying to make is every time we interfere in these markets, you're not helping people. You're just creating profits for these large companies. So quit pretending like you're helping people. Your claim is, oh, we got to make this money available because otherwise we're fucking over these people. No. If you make the money available, you're just giving it to corporations. Leave it to the free market. The free market is the more we'll just system. Yeah. So what does Bernie Sanders respond in his brilliance? He goes, I agree with you 100%. I agree with you 100%. The insurance companies, they're making too much money. So what we need to do is get a private insurance by the government. That's his claim. He just jujitsus it. Instead of going, oh, when government interferes in markets, it, fuck it's, it, fu- he, it fucks it up. He ups the ante. He ups the ante and goes, we need total control over this market. Now, there's some truth in that if you're – we said this two weeks ago. If you increase – Demand, cost is going to go up. So there's something to be true that if government's going to be sponsoring healthcare, they might have to actually negotiate and cap the prices in order to kind of control the fallout of increasing demand. Fine. But now, this is such nonsense. When he describes pre existing condition, he goes, What are we going to do if you have cancer? If I get into a car accident and I don't have insurance, the idea of insurance is pooling risk, right? So if the tragedy already be, already befalls upon me, that's my fucking fault. If I get into a car accident, yeah, you can point. How's it, this guy? He doesn't have a car now. He can't go to work. He has no insurance. What? What? what you're just gonna leave him out there with no car, with an injured leg? Well, you didn't buy insurance. Let's say life insurance. Life insurance. We're pulling our risk. Me, you, everyone. We don't know who's gonna die. We want our 
our families to be provided for. You decide, hey, I don't want to pool my risk with these other people. I want to keep all my income. You die. And Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. look at this guy's family. His family, it's got nothing. We got to give him money. You're just going to leave him with no money. His whole family, the start, he didn't pool his risk with us. Mm-hmm. Health insurance is the exact same way. The only reason I have a job in health insurance is so if I have cancer tomorrow, I have coverage. That's called pooling your risk. That's what insurance is. If you're talking about insurance company having to give care to people with pre-existing conditions, that's no longer – that's not insurance anymore. You're describing a different product. That's not insurance. Insurance is pooling you're, risk. <laughs> if you're forcing the insurance company to give you coverage once you've already lost, you've already had the ailment, that, it's that's like, the whole point of buying insurance in the first place. There's no reason to have insurance anymore. If I get sick, they have to take me. You can't pool risk anymore. You've created – a incentive for us not to purchase insurance until we need it. So it's listen, like if you go to a, I'm not saying a yeah, casino, and then you lose, and you, put a, and you lose. And it's like you know what? I didn't really want to do that. Give me back <laughs> my money. Like so now, ridiculous. There are, there are questions we could ask. We could ask. Okay, maybe, maybe we need to have private government insurance for people who do have the pre-existing conditions because. We're saying it's a societal right. If you have cancer, we want to be able to treat you. Maybe. Or maybe you could start looking at it. Well, what happened that these people ended up in a situation where they didn't have coverage? Well, let's have mandatory that you're not allowed to They're exist in this it. country without insurance. Maybe that should be a law. You're not allowed to throw your – because you know what you're doing if you don't have insurance? You're throwing your risk on me and you because we're going to have to pay for you. So that exists in life insurance, dude. You can buy life insurance on a baby. It's a lot cheaper because you haven't quantified some of the unknowns in terms of how unhealthy they're like they're going to be, so or were their chance of right. So, w- in other words, well, what happened that this person didn't have insurance? Well, we kind of distorted the market when we created insurance as an incentive for companies, and we priced out private individuals from being able to purchase it. So, why don't we make it that we create a framework where insurance is cheap enough to purchase that we don't really ever end up in a situation where someone has a pre-existing condition without coverage. In other words, there's a different way to approach that, but the concept of this person's sick, we can't just allow them to be sick. I'm like, I agree. That's fucking terrible. If you have cancer and you can't afford treatment, that's terrible. Let's figure out why cancer treatment is so expensive. But to say insurance companies have to cover people with pre-existing conditions, that's not what insurance is. You're describing a different You're just, product. Yeah, it's, and then that's problem, a handout. And then the problem with all the fucking politics is you get to point at the extreme cases of people in misery and just go – well, we're not helping these people. You fucking evil Republican. You're just going to let this person sit here and die. Well, it's like, no. Why don't we take a look at the numbers and what might really be a solution as opposed to always like looking at these. It, it's like if you ran away, like every time someone got struck by lightning and you looked at this guy who was fried to a crisp and you go, oh, my God, we got to start doing something about this lightning. Now, cancer is a little more frequent than that, but that's essentially what you're doing is you're looking at these worst-case scenarios uh-huh. and making all your decisions around it. Making the big-time kind of decisions. I, yeah. I think we made our point. Yeah. All right. That's it, bud. Anything else? Until next week. Tiskel and Mitzvah's number one, man. Amen.